0: Welcome back to One Nail at a Time, Insights for Building Your Patient's Medical Home. I'm Laurie. And I'm Michelle, and we're with the Alberta Medical Association.
1: Today, we're bringing you another pandemic-related topic, talking to a couple of physicians about the grief and changes and uncertainty that they have in their practice. Of course, physicians are dealing with all of the change and uncertainty while also being personally impacted by it. They have to be strong for their patients while dealing with their own personal and professional stress.
0: Yeah, for sure. And there's definitely lots of challenges and I'm sure, I'm sure um, other physicians will, will be able to relate to them. But I guess the good news in, in their, uh, their, their message was that the foundations that they've laid through their work through Patients Medical Home have actually really helped them to weather the storm.
1: Mm-hmm. Should we take
0: a listen? Let's go. Dr. Heather Laborde. Thank you for joining Brad and me on One Nail at a Time. Thanks, Michelle. I'll I'll start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice, Heather. Okay. Um, So I am a family doctor and
1: I'm the mom of two preteen children. I have a family practice um, in the community of Boness in Calgary. I'm also involved with the Calgary
0: Foothills PCN where I am the chair of the physician board. Great. Welcome. And Brad, I know you're a regular co-host on here, but uh, just to refresh us, tell us a little bit about your practice.
2: Sure. I'm Brad Baylor. I'm a family physician in Silver Lake, Alberta. I work in a group practice uh, there. My group does hospital work and emergency work as well. And I uh, am the medical director for primary care networks and for the AMA Act
0: team. Great. All right. Well, I wanted to talk to you both about this current COVID situation we're in and specifically talk about the grief that we're all experiencing as it becomes more clear that how we live, work and play are likely never going to be the same, or at least that's how it feels right now. And as physicians, you have the unique role of providing comfort and support and reassurance to the hundreds of people on your panels. And as a society, we kind of expect physicians to be pillars of strength in times of crisis. So we also know, though, that you are human too. So how would you describe the experience that family physicians are in right now? Heather, let's start with you.
1: So I think I've used this before as I I feel like we're in the middle of the ocean and we can't even Mm. see the horizon to to even figure out sort of what what direction to move in. I think we're getting closer to seeing that horizon. But certainly when I think back to March and April, when things were changing so rapidly, um, you know, you were just reacting every day um, and not really sure which way to go. Yeah.
0: Brad, what about you?
2: yeah I mean, I think if you think about the average family practice, things have been pretty stable for a very long time in terms of you know how work was done, how you approach your day. And suddenly everything uh, is changing every day and trying to figure out how you uh, work safely but still meet the needs of your patients, how you work within the confines of public health recommendations. Uh, how you work using different modalities of delivery that you've never used in the past before, and then just some of the uh, pain and discomfort around uh, trying to figure out how to use your team effectively, what do you do with people that you've employed for a long time but you're having uh, trouble continuing to employ just because work volumes might be down or the work might be different. Um, I really think it affected people on multiple levels, uh, if you think about it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, Heather, I liked your ocean analogy that um, feeling a little bit unmoored, a little lost. Would it be safe to say that you're experiencing grief?
1: Oh, I think absolutely. I think that there's. And not just there's grief personally with Mm -hmm. um, seeing how the life of your family has changed, um, Mm -hmm. wanting to make sure that you're doing your best to support them. And then there's also grief professionally with the things that you've lost. Um, You know, Brad spoke to perhaps having to let staff members go, having to say say goodbye, um, not getting the connections that you normally get from patients. Um, You know, those really lovely, positive things that you get from having a longitudinal relationship with patients. Um, You get a little bit of that over the phone, but it it certainly isn't the same as when you see them in person and you can see their smile and you can see the joy in their face or, or vice versa. You can see that they're really struggling and and, um, you can see and its tangible that what you're doing is helping them on their journey.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's a a disconnect that's not, Um, that wasn't there before. And I mean, I had done virtual work for several years prior to this, but it was always a mix, you know, the mix of virtual and in-person. And you, you were able to build that ongoing relationship and then fill in the gaps with virtual care where it made sense. And suddenly you're doing everything virtual and it felt like there was just something missing from every day. You know, not only that, I think, um, uh, it was harder, you know, initially for people who had never done that work before. Suddenly they're doing everything different than they had ever done it before. And it was exhausting. And mm-hmm. despite the fact that, you know, family physicians are, may have been seeing less patients, they're coming home exhausted to families that are frustrated, and, um, and isolated at home with nothing to do. And a great example today is my oldest 16th birthday, and he would have been getting his driver's license and doing all kinds of fun things. And that's all on hold. And, uh, you know, although in the grand scheme of things, it's not a massive, uh, thing when you have four kids and they're all missing things they love to do, it's stressful at home and it's stressful at work.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a lot. Four kids at the best of times, I'm sure, can be a lot to manage, but now must be just, yeah, a lot. Um, if you're okay, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to ask you if you would be open to sharing some of your you know, own reactions and emotions that you're experiencing and how you are coping with all of this change, uncertainty, and pressure.
1: So I think physicians naturally end up being action people. And so I think initially, with all the change, and again, trying to keep up with all the the changes that Brad had mentioned, it was do 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 do, which I think was a very easy pattern to fall into. Um, and you just did, you just you you got on the treadmill and you started running running the marathon because because that was a really familiar pattern and habit. I think as things sort of settled out and it became clear that this wasn't just going to be the next four to six weeks, but this potentially is going to last months, if not years, if not change the way that we practice medicine, suddenly um, there certainly was a period of mourning, like mourning, mourning how it used to be, how how lovely it was to come into the clinic and see your colleagues and see your patients um, and, and mourning that loss. Um, and then, you know, as that marathon continued, certainly, you know, the change fatigue starts to build in, you know. Um, we weren't doing virtual care prior to this, you know, we were just starting to dip our toes into it. And um, as Brad mentioned, it's exhausting. Um, and and we were learning it as we were going. And so I think that within my practice, I certainly can see that there's, there's a lot of us who are, are are getting kind of close to that that burnout phase where we need to um, acknowledge that to take some time to take some rest and uh, to spend time with our families to kind of put some of those energy stores back in. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I remember the study that demonstrated that teams that you know eat together, right, eat lunch together, are higher performing even when you adjust for other variables you know, suddenly we're not eating together. We're not sitting in the coffee room together. Everybody's doing their own thing, you know, in isolation. And so, you know, I think that isolation uh, creates a sense of loss, the frustrations around not being able to connect with patients sometimes, technological difficulties, and you know, not being able to hear on the phone. They're fearful of coming into a doctor's office. Um, you know, that creates... Frustration, it creates irritability. And then sometimes you take that sense of isolation and irritability home. And uh, it affects then your personal relationships as well. And all those things combine, as Heather said, to be potentially sources of burnout you know in your you know in your life so it, for me it wasn't one thing it was the compounding of all those different things you know that start to really affect uh you and you need to sit back and say what can i do you know to find joy and and what can i do to be mentally healthy and be there for my family and for my patients
0: yeah sounds like a lot um and it sounds like you've got some strategies in place, uh, though I'm sure it's never easy. Um, and I also heard it sounded like, you know, we're all familiar with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's uh, stages of, of grief and, uh, you know, how we, most people move through, um, not necessarily linearly, but um, back and forth between denial, anger, bargaining, that sadness, depression and acceptance. And recently, um, David Kessler who worked with Kubler-Ross added another stage to the end and that's finding meaning. And that all ties in with uh, that notion of post-traumatic growth after something big and catastrophic like this. So what are your thoughts on that? I think
1: that that is an inherently unique human trait. I think that we we do want to find meaning. We we need for it somehow to have made sense. Um, And and I think that there is absolutely some truth to this. I think that um, physicians have grown and stretched um, in a new way. I think the healthcare system has also grown and stretched. And I think that there will be some real um, hopefully permanent golden nuggets that come out of this experience um, I hope that we will um, know how to utilize our EMR to its fullest capacity to help us care for patients um, I, th- I think that we have had to embrace technology and virtual care and um, and I hope that that will be something that can continue because it certainly s- seems to be a good fit for some things. Um, I certainly don't know that I'd want to spend my entire day during virtual care. I think that that would be too fatiguing and too exhausting. But I'm hoping that we can carve out some of that and look at that and go, hey, this is appropriate and let- let's continue to do this piece differently. Um, I also think that um, it has made me even more appreciative of My staff, my colleagues, my team, you know, all of all of the people who I get to work with. And I think that this experience of us having to navigate this change together has made us a stronger team. Um, It has forced us to um, adapt, um, to lean on each other. And I think that we will be a a more cohesive and strong team coming out of this.
2: Yeah. You know, the meaning in medicine phrase, Michelle, so one of my partners, Dr. Eileen Taylor, um, who I consider actually a family physician expert in some of this kind of work, um, she's actually led a led our group in a finding meaning in medicine um, touch point regularly for several years. And so, you know, for us, uh, sometimes that's sharing, you know, grief. Sometimes it's sharing success. Sometimes it's about loss. You know, mistakes family stress um sometimes it's about the good things we've done together sometimes it's around you know protecting mental health and um you know we've tried to continue that work as uh, as time has gone on and so i think meaning finding meaning can be different things it can just be finding a connection to your partners and a feeling like someone understands you uh, knows some of the stress you're under and has your back and and that's really what our you know group has been about for a long time. Then there's the team element. So for us finding meaning has always been rooted in our progress, our ability to look after patients, our you know, a stepwise goal of, of being a patient's medical home. And if I look back over the years, It's periods where we're not actively working on something, whether it be a challenge or a problem or a goal where the team kind of loses cohesion and, and, you know, we might start to, to not perform at the level we want to perform at. And when, you know, there's a challenge or we're faced with something new we need to achieve, that really draws the group together. And what I've seen across Alberta is teams coming together, teams starting to relate to people in in new ways, physician groups who maybe weren't as strongly, never connected, connecting in different ways around some of the shared grief and shared issues they've been facing. And I think in the end, we're going to emerge with, um improved resilience, improved adaptability, improved ability to change, and you know, primary care for sure is going to be stronger um, down the line and from this. And then Heather speaks to some of the perhaps permanent changes or innovations that might be here to stay um, because they're patient centered, because they fit into our vision for patients' medical home.
0: So what I'm hearing then is, um, despite all of the challenges, this isn't a time to abandon our our work towards PMH transition.
1: Absolutely not. I think that um, the patient's medical home model has really showcased that it can survive a pandemic. Um, I think that had I not started paneling, you know, when I took on my patient population, I'd be I'd be quite lost um, that that patient's medical home, those foundations have allowed me to continue to care for my patients in the midst of this pandemic. Um, and so I'm finding that I'm leaning into that even more um, now during these times, and it's reinforcing my um, philosophical commitment to those beliefs. Um, and absolutely, I'd say that I, I'm leaning in on I'm not running away from the patient's <laughs> medical home at this time.
0: Oh, that's good to hear.
2: Yeah, and I think if you look at the things that have happened, um, you know, increased interest in uh, connecting information. So, you know, secure messaging, uh, CI and CPAR, increased attention to panel management, how I look after my most vulnerable, and how do I use my team to do that and do it really well? You know, how do I provide different ways for patients to access me, um, to connect with my team? Those are all core elements of the medical home and, and patient-centered care. And I think that we've ex- exceeded what could be expected in a really difficult situation and stay true, as Heather said, to the principal of patient's medical home.
0: Great. Great. Well, I have my uh, final question for each of you, the one we always wrap up with, and that is what would be your best piece of advice for fellow physicians out there who are perhaps experiencing some of this grief right now?
1: I think my piece of advice would be to acknowledge it to tell yourself that it's okay, that it's normal. And I'd reach out to a colleague. I'd reach out to your family members. Um, and, and but to ha- perhaps to reach out to, you know, some of the supports that are available through the, through the AMA um, if it turns out that this is more than you can simply manage um, on your own and with your support network.
0: And we'll make sure that uh, links to some of those supports, like the AMA Physician and Family Support Program and Well Doc Alberta, are the links are in the show notes. Um, Brad, what's your last bit of advice?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to build off what Heather said. I think connect with your peers, connect with your colleagues. They're sharing the same stress that you're sharing, and you can lean on each other. And, you know, just remember that, that all these things cycle and we're in a tough place in Alberta right now for many reasons, including, including the pandemic. Um, but we've also done a lot of great work in Alberta. We've set ourselves up for success. Uh, we've done great things with uh, practice reform and primary care networks and you know we will uh, we will continue to get better and primary care is going to continue to play a prominent part in the work you've done and the things that you've learned in the last few months are going to serve you well for many many years to come
0: great well thank you both for taking this time and sharing, sharing your experience and your words of wisdom with us thanks Michelle
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. Check out the show notes for links to the tools, resources, and websites that were referenced in this podcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us
0: a comment, tell us what you thought, and what you'd like to hear more about. And until next time, grab your hammer and keep building, one nail at a time.